This week on Sound Off, we're going to be discussing the XX taking home the Mercury Prize, also Morrissey's comments on Chinese people, and we will be reviewing the latest from Magic Kids and Band of Horses. Welcome to Sound Off, WKNC's daytime music podcast, where we discuss some of the latest news and review some of the hottest albums in the independent music world. I am Michael Jones, also known as DJ Ones. And as always, or sometimes as always, you're you're here with me almost every time. Um, I, I think you've been here have every I time, actually. Any? No, I don't think you actually That's missed That's what any. I thought. Never mind. <sighs> it, it Kirsten Southwell, otherwise known as it. DJ Vice. That's right. All right, so let's get right into news. But uh, just a little later, we're going to be reviewing. We're going to be reviewing brand new albums from Magic Kids. Uh, it's the name of their album is Memphis. Actually, from Memphis, as we were just talking about, and a summer release that we didn't get to because we weren't here over the summer to record the podcast. It's Band of Horses' latest Infinite Arms. All that and more coming up next. And so now let's get to some news. All right. So the first article that I want to talk about is I'm a huge fan of this award ceremony. It's the only one that I take seriously anymore. It is the Mercury Prize. It is given to the best British album as selected by this panelist or the, these, this panel of people. And this year's was pretty competitive. Laura Marling, Mumford and Sons, Paul Weller, and the XX with a spoiler alert. The XX coming home <laughs> with the victory. Uh, they were favored initially to win it all. And then as the as the award ceremony got closer and closer, Paul Weller's album was getting the nod from uh, from the bookies. But at the end of the night, the XX came out on top. Uh, one thing that I really found interesting about this was they weren't the highest selling album uh, in that group. Mumford & Sons sold millions of copies compared to the XX. Right. And the XX generally got a lot more universal acclaim review-wise. Mumford & Sons had some people that really were adamantly against it. I don't know why personally. I love the album. Mm -hmm. But uh, regardless, they came home with the prize. Uh, this is interesting because they were at one point the favorite. So there's this is a lot different from last year's where the favorite, the runaway favorite, was Florence and the Machine, whom I love dearly. And she was upset by Speech DeBell, who is a London-based rapper. Who you said you'd never heard of? Never heard of. Still haven't heard of. <laughs> and this is still a... Uh, a Sore spot? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, my question is, so you, do you know exactly who the panelist is based on, especially if you're talking about the best um, as far as in terms... You said they didn't sell the most albums. They don't have as much international acclaim as Mumford & Sons. So it's kind of I'm interested to know who the panelists are if they're just like cultural experts or really into. I think it's like a select thing, like it's kind of hidden away type of <laughs> that they write the name in envelopes and. I like to think that there's a smoke signals that puff out when they've decided <laughs> on uh, the winner of this year's. And what kind of uh, we we've talked about these things before as far as best coast 
as what it what it does for a musician or a group if they do win this award. Um, what do you think this could do for the XX? I think that is a, a great question to pose. Uh, the Mercury Prize comes with money. Woo! 20,000 uh, pounds. Wow, that's a lot of money. And when they asked the XX what they were going to do with it, they said they are going to build a studio. So the XX cool. plans are they are going to build a studio out of which they will be working. So mm. this is a great way to get a band who just released their debut album more out there in the public. At least this is going to give them a workspace to work from freely. Yeah, and this just may in turn help their their sound. It so, very you know. it very may well. Very may well. Very may well. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next piece of news. This one is a bit more controversial. I won't say it's controversial. What was said is controversial. Uh, Morrissey, the lead singer of the Smiths, he you know he does his solo work nowadays. Uh, he he came out with a quote in the Guardian Weekend magazine, uh, and he was outright against the treatment of animals in China, and he went so far as to calling the fine folks of China a subspecies. Right. Um, I think, and, and what we did before the the recording you're listening to was we went online and I searched uh, China animal abuse, and there they apparently have an animal Olympics where they have a bear on a motorcycle that's on a tight wire. <laughs> tightrope um carrying an acrobat underneath it and horse fighting and all these terrible things that i mean obviously are easy to speak out on and it's not a very popular topic and i mean there's no denying that calling an entire ethnicity of people is subhuman i think he could have geared his attack more to i don't know the chinese government you could say the chinese government is this not all the People that identify themselves with the this was just China. completely a stupid thing to say on Morrissey's behalf. And he's you said he's defending it. He's defending his his stance on uh, the fact that they don't treat animals well. That's what he seems to be saying. Uh, in a later statement, he said, "If anyone has seen the horrific and unwatchable footage of the Chinese cat and dog trade, then uh, they would eventually see that what he was saying might necessarily be true." But I think there's a line that he clearly crossed. And this is horrible PR because a couple of days later after this article got announced, uh, they the Morrissey camp is going to be re-releasing a solo album of his. Oh. So if the outrage on this is enough, I, it, it's definitely going to hurt. And it's funny how much PR can really affect these musicians. I think with things like this, though, I mean, because you see – celebrities all the time speaking out on social issues and i think this is obviously a cause he cares about but he just like isn't approaching in an intelligible way um i mean there's so many other ways i i mean look at how bono you know does so much with his time the great bono care of the world but uh, I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to one of have you ever been to a youtube concert i can't say i have ever it is been to an a- entire pitch for some sort of humanitarian thing and and I mean, it brings a lot of awareness, and it's definitely not offending anybody. Um, and I, I'm not saying that this cause does not require awareness. I'm just saying you should never point your finger at an entire ethnicity of people. And, and then just say a blatantly racist remark like calling them a subspecies. I mean, what is racism brought on? It's that your class or group is better than another. 
Do you want me to give you, actually, you, you probably want to cut a, this. Is there a just complete definition? No, there is, actually. Okay, okay I'm, in this, I'm in the psychology of the African-American experience class here. All right, And we ahead. discuss the differences between racism and bigotry. And racism is... Um, Active use? Well, no, it's technically, like, we, we've defined it as, like, um, an institutional, like, a, a government can be racist by implementing laws that favor one race or another but if a person holds prejudice against one race or another it's just bigotry well, so there, fine, i just let's corrected call it you. a completely uh a bigot statement i just wanted to share that i don't know if that's necessarily good <laughs> good no good air content we're learning the kids all right you just got learned <laughs> i hope i'm right i hope that i no that's that's right i will back you up on that even I if you sure. are completely wrong okay <laughs> who listens to this thing anyway against all odds i will say she was right, and then they're going to point to the dictionary, and I go, that's for them smart types. <laughs> All right, you ready to review some music? Let's do that. All right, so this week we are reviewing, the, or first off, we're going to be reviewing the brand new release, or it's, it's sort of, it's the newer release for the Band of Horses. It is called Infinite Arms. I thought you wanted to do Magic Kids first. Does it matter? Okay. No. We can do Band, uh, yeah, please. Band of Horses, Infinite Arms. That's right, so Band of Horses. Infinite Arms. First thoughts. Miss Alba, go. Oh, man. I was just so surprised. I, I think that was my initial impression. As far as listening to the two previous Band of Horses albums, I mean, this is a complete shift in a lot of the fundamental things that the first two albums had. Uh, I'm always comparing music to their previous stuff, but I, I think... I I really liked it. There were things that I felt were definitely moving in the right direction and things that I did not think were very smart. But in general, they have definitely shown their ability to experiment and um, broaden their spectrum as musicians. I thought it was an interesting uh, premise. I knew that going into Infinite Arms, they were going to take a more Americana approach. And they were saying that in interviews with people. We're going to go out and we're going to make uh, a more folksy type of sound and when I listen to it you can tell in certain places that it's done but I didn't think they did it as they should have I think there were some points when they when they try to implement that Americana sound and it just doesn't work for Band of Horses because when I think of Band of Horses I think of that dreamy landscape rock that they bring right I, I would I would not say that Americana fits into any phase of the CD for sure I I, I mean I can hear more southern influence per se but i would i don't know i thought americano was kind of a stretch for me what did you think I, I overall i did enjoy the album uh there were some real low points though i will say like what i, I i'm just saying as a whole it's it's hard don't come into this album expecting it to be anything like cease to begin because it's not and if you do that you're going to be wildly disappointed uh there are some highlights though that i will mention i will ignore the low points and emphasize the highlights because I'm just a nice guy. Okay, you know? sure. I mean, well, I think it's interesting to talk about the negative aspects of an album. But anyway, go ahead. What what did you like? Uh, there were a couple of songs that I, when they tried to bring that kind of Rocky Rolly feel, uh, Laredo, I thought was the best of those. Uh, it compliments, that was a low point for me. Let me just point, if we're, I'll talk about low points since you mentioned that you okay. would like to. But compliments just came off as this really half done track. Uh, there was a lot of potential there, but it just fell completely short for me. That's so funny because compliments has been stuck in my head forever. 
I can't say. There's a God up in the air. That one. Yeah, no, that one. The but one see, Lorena wasn't one of my favorite songs at all. Um, I really liked Factory. I really liked the the first track. I really liked Dilly, the one that um, I just showed you before. And I thought Infinite Arms was also a very nice song. My highlights of this album were definitely the slower songs. So I was a big fan of Bluebeard mm-hmm. and tracks like For Annabelle, which I've been re- listening to constantly over the past two days. Do you know Annabelle? Okay, remember how the last two albums we've reviewed, I was like, doesn't that kind of sound like? And then the last time I said that uh, the Jimmy and Johnny song sounded like uh, Icky Breaky Heart, and then we listened to it. And you're dead correct. (laughs) All right, so any listeners out there right now, pause it after the, you'll listen after you look this up, but go to YouTube or just listen to the songs any way that you can. Uh, what was the gym? The... Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, do you remember which one it was? Oh, no. Uh, I don't uh, remember. I talked about it. it. Go. You know what? Even better. Go back and listen to last week's podcast to the review on Jimmy Johnny. And there is a song that seriously sounds just like Achy Break. I Heart. gave you an incredibly strange face and because I just didn't believe. Because the last <laughs> time that you had made this recommendation of mine, it was like something for Animal Collective. Something You thought the something. Best Coast had this kind of Animal Collective vibe. And then I showed track, that to you. And I was still yeah. completely skeptical. But no, go back <laughs> and go back to last week's episode and find the song that she's mentioning and find Achy Breaky Heart. And they sound so ridiculously similar. You'll enjoy it. You'll get a laugh. It's it's yeah, it's but, really fun. So this is here here's this connection. I, I'm not trying to make this a weekly thing. I just hear that and be like, Oh, that's funny. I thought that for Annabelle, it when I was listening to it, I thought it totally sounded like the band America, which I guess is no pun to the Americana theme they're looking for. I really love the band America. Um, just the harmonies and how they, how nice, I thought it was really nice. When, when I first heard they were going to do this, this kind of more Southern emphasized sounding album, I thought they were going to do more tracks like the general specific yes. Cease to Begin, which I love to death. I, well, I love the whole album for that matter, but I was hoping that it would be full of that type of general specific sound. I, I know you can't say general specific right, sound right. <laughs> as a sound, but the, song. the track itself, general well, specific. And it's funny because those songs on the album tend to be my favorite. There's the general specific and then there's another one. Islands on the Coast or something like that? Hold on. Maybe. Islands on, yeah, Island on the Coast. I like that one a lot too. So I think that's the one I'm thinking of. But I mean, they have on that album, they have a few tracks that are specifically upbeat. And I guess, as you would say, have Americana influences. And no, this is a completely different thing. But w- but what did you think about how how they pulled it off? Did you feel like this is something like if they when they come out and if and when they come out with their next album, do you feel like they'll be gearing more towards the sounds like sort of working off this or going back to their older things? I don't know. I, or what I, do you think they should do? It depends on on how you look at it, really. Hmm. Well, uh, if if or it depends on how they look at it. If they're going to go, you know, we've had pretty good commercial success with this album. They're probably going to try to make more records that sound like this. If if you're cynical and that's their idea of what wait, they you're saying go off more of. commercial success with Infinite Arms versus their previous album. Yeah, okay. although what I'm hoping for is they go back to that dreamy sound of Cease to Begin. See, I think they they bring something very interesting to the table here. I mean, I I kind of also enjoyed the the songwriting aspect it's very different um you can't help but feel a little bit depressed listening to i mean it just it's just kind of heavy their older stuff is just a little bit it's heavy and this stuff is more it still has a haunting feel to it at times um but 
I think it's it's just not so heavy, which is one I, thing no, that I people do like about Band of Horses um, is that uh, depth that they bring. But I thought overall, I thought it was an enjoyable album. Uh, if they put out another album that has a mix of songs like Is There a Ghost and Ode to IRC, and then they come out with songs like Bluebeard and For Annabelle, my mind is just going to be blown away because I, want, I would love that record. You you just so you didn't like any of the more upbeat stuff? I liked Laredo. I liked Laredo. Okay. I found Northwest Apartments was pretty fun too. Ugh. If you want if you want a track that you can listen to loud, I would suggest Northwest Apartments. No, I completely disagree. I did not like that song at all. Northwest Apartments. Oh god, it, it would get stuck in my head but in a bad way. Like it's just that one line and the, ah, behind it. I think it'd be oh. a good live track. <laughs> Okay, I agree with that, but I felt like they they did some really, like, the backup vocals, which is something that I would have never expected from them, um, especially in th- in songs like Evening Kitchen, um, and I, some parts were a little bit, um, I, I had some pleasant surprises also, too, on, on my way back home. When I heard that title, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be another boring on my way back home song. I think that's one of the worst things to name a song ever, is anything with going back home in it anyway i think we've reviewed maybe like three albums that have references to home in them. it's it's so i mean it's just like as soon as you read the title you're just like Ugh. um but i thought that that one actually was a, a pretty surprisingly good song but you you didn't think so eh not really uh bluebeard though that was my highlight i think bluebeard I like for annabelle one best ones in um, my opinion what did you like you you didn't like factory that seems to get the most airtime at the station. Factory was fun. I didn't find anything too spectacular about it that, that stood out to me. Uh, I thought there were better choices of songwriting and of just presenting that that band of horses sound that has just become a staple of their, their career. But don't you think, I mean, okay, so there is a sound and there is a style, but don't you appreciate when musicians, whether or not it's the most successful thing they do, if they go out on a limb and experiment... I find very impressive. Um, even if, okay, so this obviously wasn't their best album, but this is a new sound for them, and I, I think that's great. And to expand on that. No, I I definitely love it when a musician will take risks with their work. Uh, sometimes it is amazing, and sometimes it falls a bit short. And I think this one fell a little bit short. Fair. It's fair. Fair is fair. All right. All right, let's move on. Did or, you want actually, to, let's, the rating let's do system. final... Oh, yes. Would you recommend this? Oh, yeah. I already have. I already have to already people. Already have? Wow. I mean, there's songs that I definitely think are less... I, I Like like we've been saying, I think there are songs that shine a little less. But overall, there's some pretty good songs on this album. And um, I have enjoyed it. I've been listening to it a lot in between The Suburbs by The Arcade Fire. I would also recommend this album. Uh, I've said some kind of mean things. Harsh. Harsh things, I'm, but I'm critical because I love Band of Horses so much. Hey, it's not like you just called an entire ethnicity of people subhuman, so you can't. That's be right. I am not going to ever say that. That is <laughs> horrible, horrible thing to say. But no, I, I definitely like this album. Uh, I, I felt like there was a, a general theme that they were trying to hit at, and from time to time they did. But the others, they fell short. It's not their best record. I said this earlier. Don't come in expecting that it's going to be as mind-blowingly great as Cease to Begin, uh, but it's definitely one that I would recommend. All right, fair enough. And uh, with that, let's move on to our second review. This is the debut album 
from a Memphis-based band called Magic Kids. Uh, they're actually from Memphis. Or I said Memphis. The name of the album is Memphis. So, Miss Southwell, first impressions of Magic Kids, Memphis. MGMT meets Beach Boys. Sounds a lot like the Orion experience. Good in small doses. Too much is complete oversaturation. I think you just hit every bullet point there as possible. <laughs> Do you agree? I agree on every single one of those. Oh, great. Really? Uh, yeah. You... I, I think I, the one thing, when I heard this, I was like, this band sounds like they just got transported from the 1950s. Oh, that's part of it. And then um, you could you could definitely hear some more modern influences. But, I mean, at first, let me... At first, you're like that really was pretty charmed. amazing. I'm just gonna say that was pretty awesome. Uh, with everything I just said, yeah, just how right you were on every <gasps> single area. I love being called that R word. Um, <laughs> Racist, <laughs> right? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, I was saying, I guess to continue on that, I said initially it's really exciting and charming, and you're really interested to hear more from this album, but you can immediately feel a sense of relief when they go to those slower songs, those more structured songs. Um, so what did you think? I, I, there is a definite point when you're listening to this record that it's going to start driving you crazy because it's just so hyper. It's really, really hyper. Yeah, if you want to think about this music, you I mean, it was it's one thing to listen to the album through, which I did twice. And I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. But then when you try to sit down and actually like think about what you're listening to, whew, it's quite a quite a headache. My standout track on this album was Salem. Salem, because I, that was Salem one was that I thought was didn't cross the line when it came to this kind of fifties pop sound. Yeah, even though I, I thought it's very cute. The album is really cute. Um, my favorite song easily was Hey Boy. Yeah, which hey. which <laughs> I saw your reaction to it before the show. Uh, DJ Ones did not like Hey Boy so much, but I really liked that song. Uh, what I was interested in is their singles. Uh, they're really promoting Super Bowl. That oh, was, God, really? Yeah, that is, they had a music video for Super Bowl. Ugh. I, that's exactly the <laughs> sound that I made. It was more like a ugh kind of sound. Okay, what were your least favorite songs? Super Bowl. I hated Super it. Ball. It drove me crazy. It was so over the top. Yeah, and... Uh, it's that point. No, it was like... I, you know, I mentioned this line that you can cross when things go from great to just annoying. And and you, when you first start listening to this album, you're like, wow, there's so many really awesome things going on here. But it's just, I, I guess we're not, you know what, we're not doing a very good job of describing exactly why this is. Okay, so in any given song, um, the vocals and the robust music behind it are kind of one in the same level, and there's synthesizer, and there's trumpets, and there's backup singers, and there's little kid talking choirs, and there's claps, and it's just—I I mean, it's—it's it's not done in a sensible way, in any means. There's, and they're fast songs. Yeah, it—it's—they're <laughs> definitely going to take you, and it, it's—I don't know—it's such a cluster F. <laughs> Keep it FCC clean. It is a real cluster F. Yeah, that's what it. And the slower songs, I think, uh, they're, they're such a relief on this album. Salen, that's all I'm saying. Well, the middle of the album definitely slows down. Um, I really liked the Maybe song. Maybe they just got tired. Yeah, really. I mean, I was th- I was thinking about that while I was watching this. I was like, God, could you imagine watching this album performed live? Could you imagine going to this concert? You, everyone would be exhausted just listening to it. 
um, hideout, starting around hideout to... That's um, the fourth track on the record. Yeah, starting from hideout to like Hey Boy. Even that summer, I didn't like that song, but it was a slower song that was a relief. I also thought Good To Be wasn't good either. There, there are so many points here where that sound just didn't cross over well for me. And the songwriting is interesting. Um, it's like I said earlier, it's cute. They they write a, these are mostly love songs, um, and I think the song I write or the word I recognized most in every single uh, song. I I think I heard the word girl or girlfriend every single song. I think that's probably true. I'll have to I'll have to double check next time I listen to it, but that could very well be so. Uh, one thing that I don't know you if you know or not, but they had an interview a couple of, it may have been months ago, where they said that if music doesn't make you feel good, or I'm paraphrasing badly, then it shouldn't be, it's not good music. <sighs> and th- that was their mantra on making music, and to that I said, shenanigans. I mean, this is like the my- Nickelodeon of music. This is like neon colors, sugar, sugar fountains, sugar streams, chocolate fountains. Frolicking and Frolicking. holding hands. And like, uh, I, I just, everyone likes happy music. That's why we listen to the Beach Boys. We want to feel good. But this is this is not the Beach Boys. This is a mess. This is the Beach Boys that, on Sugar Rush. And, and if, you, if you do get a chance to listen through the album, the last track, um, Cry With Me Baby, um, it starts off slow. And then there's like a three second pause. And you literally go, oh. <gasps> <laughs> like a pause was the most dramatic thing in the entire album. <laughs> Seriously, did, I mean, I don't even know if there's breaks between songs. Like, oh my god, like it would listen to it, you'll see. No, I, I no, I love the fact that you'll point out random things about these songs. I won't <laughs> like with Broken Social Scene, like the very what? beginning of Me and My Hand. <laughs> what was that? What did I Remember, point he out? He said a word at the beginning of that song. He's like, you didn't hear that? You'd go back and listen to it. What was the word? The, he said vagina at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he whispers vagina in the background. <laughs> That's right. Well, a track like me in my hand. You can't miss a word like That's vagina. That's true. Anyway, we're reviewing this album. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, okay. You've listened. Have you listened to the Orion Experience? No. Okay. Um, I feel like the Magic Kids should all sit down with little pens and paper and listen to the Orion experience and, and take after notes. They finish drawing their crayon stick people <laughs> in their little houses holding hands. And they wash all the glitter off their hands. They can listen <laughs> listen to the Orion experience and say, "Oh, that's 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 better." And it's similar. It's very similar in sound, but just so much cleaner. I think this is a fun album, but it it can drive you crazy if, okay. if you don't have the tolerance level for it. Anything else you want to say before we both say that we don't recommend this album? <laughs> No, I think you pretty much summed that up, though. <laughs> so, DJ Ones, would you recommend this album? Not really. It's I, I, I could recommend a couple songs, but I can't recommend the whole album. Because uh, if you're going to sit down and try to enjoy an entire album, at the end of this, you're going to be exhausted. Yeah. It's like trying to play chase with 14 six-year-olds yeah. on crack. If you, if you want to if you want to do your homework, Cocaine. don't do it to this music. Don't. Really. No, that's really good advice. Because I, I did it, and I was just like, ugh. I'm gonna turn. I literally like Sarah Hager, who used to do sound off with us. She walked into the room and Magic Kids was playing. And I was like, "Can you just change it back to Band of Horses?" 
So, yep, just laughed at my own joke there. All right, yes, I would also not recommend this album um, for all of the reasons listed in the last 10 that minutes. you mentioned at the very top of the review. Yes. I should have just stopped it after that. That was golden. They put me on the show for reasons, everyone. <laughs> all right, let's, let's bring this puppy to a close. Uh, once again, you can always email us ideas for albums that we should be reviewing and uh, articles in the music world that we should be talking about. And you can do all of that at soundoff at WKNC.org. Also, you can follow us, hit us up on Twitter, tweet at us. We are at WKNC, soundoff, all one big, sweet, awesome word. We usually keep people up to date about what is going on with the podcast. That way, that's usually the easiest way to learn news about the podcast. We usually don't announce what we're going to be reviewing uh, at the end of it anymore. Well, now we do know. But actually. now we do know. Yes. And so next week, we are going to be reviewing the latest release from Interpol. It's self-titled, actually. It's oh, interesting. I didn't Not know. their first record, but it's self-titled. And we are also going to be reviewing the first album in nine years for, for not Charlotte, what am I? Chapel Hill-based band, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Super Chunk, the OGs of, low, of uh, indie rock, as I have read before. Um, real fast, I know we're going to probably talk about... Aren't they the... Um... Aren't the members of Superchunk in part what started Merge Records? Yes. Oh, fun fact that I knew that fun now fact you all that know. Fun fact that you know. Until next week, we're going to sound off. We'll see you then.